This is Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 WZEW, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Here's Kelly Finley. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the Community Roundtable. I'm Kelly Finley. Very excited to talk to you and always just encouraged when we have great people in studio who are ready to arm you with information that you may need, your family may need. And it's just resources that really help us be the best version of ourselves, as I always like to say. As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves and tell you which organization they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Let everyone know who you are. My name is Pat Ciano, and I am a volunteer with NAMI Baldwin, and NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness nationwide organization and our local affiliate is in Baldwin County. I think now more than ever, because we're still so immersed in this pandemic, people are really understanding the importance of mental health and feeling comfortable to talk about it. We've come a long way, but we still have a ways to go. We do. Help us understand what the mission of NAMI is, because because you're a, I mean, this is a national organization. Correct. And you have, you know, you're, um, you're affiliated with the Baldwin, um, the Baldwin version. Right. Help us understand, what's, what's the mission? Okay. Well, there, NAMI National has three main goals, advocacy, support, and education. That's the three prongs. So in... Um, Advocacy, we work with local, uh, state, national, governmental agencies, um, representatives, senators, whoever, to sponsor legislation to help the mental health community, um, such as one of the pieces of legislation that we're working on right now is the HIPAA law, because we have found that the HIPAA law really inhibits our families from helping their loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, and puts a wall between them and the uh, practitioner too often. So for those who are not familiar, the, from a HIPAA standpoint, that protects your information where your your medical providers cannot provide information to outside entities without your um, consent. Express consent. Okay. And the problem is there's not even, even any uniformity to that, so that each practitioner can decide to have a new HIPAA form signed. Oh, Every six months, every year, whatever they want to. Why is that a wall for you? It's a wall because in mental health issues, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the person does not even know that they have a mental health condition. And without family members being able to talk to the health care provider Mm -hmm. and explain to them what behaviors they're seeing, uh, what the problems are at home, what the history may have been at home, whether there was abuse early on, maybe in a separated um, you know, family system, whatever the issues are, without that kind of ability and encouragement, frankly, from a practitioner, you only get what the person, your loved one, is telling the practitioner, which could be correct and most of the time is not correct because they don't even know that they are ill. Wow. That 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 does present a wall. I have so many questions. Um, you, people who reach out to you, and throughout this interview, we're going to give the phone number two five one two seven nine zero five seven three. Email address is nami baldwin at gmail dot com. For those who reach out to you, what what are the ages that you that you that you help? 
we help anyone who calls us. The Most of the people who do end up calling us, however, are parents who have grown adult children. And the reason that we think that they call us is because after they're 18, the parents have no control over their lives and they are reckless. Um, you know, their mental health condition is causing them to get in trouble with the law. Mm-hmm. Um, they have um, issues at home where they may have picked a fight with somebody in the in the family, mm-hmm. um, turned a family gathering such as Thanksgiving into a nightmare. You know, just odds and ends like that. And so when families get frustrated or their loved one gets in trouble with the law, um, they call us. And uh, so most of the time it is, I would say, parents, loved ones over the age of 40, just because their lo- their loved one is probably over the age of 18 or 20, 22. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit, I'm surprised that you said those ages, I guess, because I see now, um, you know, our middle school students and high school students, it is hard. And, and what troubles me is when they speak to, when they finally find the courage to speak up that they're having an issue and they tell an older person, they, a lot of times they hear back, oh, you don't have it hard. In my day, everybody's day is different. And their right. struggles are different. We, we're like computers with, you know, different keyboards and, right. and, you know, we're wired differently. And so it saddens me that, that our generation is, you know, our younger people are told that and they feel helpless. And so then when you hear about these extreme situations and you start going backwards, you realize that there was an issue, but they didn't know where to get help. Yes, and that's why we're so excited for the new mental health coordinators that the state has now required every school system in the state of Alabama to have in their school system to coordinate mental health with the school counselors, the school nurses, whoever um, you know the school system has employed uh, that can help with those issues and help educate parents. To us, educating parents on what is expected uh, normal behavior for, say, a teenager. Because that's, that's really when, in my family, you know, you, you have a teenager, right? They're depressed. Oh, well, teenagers are depressed. They're moody. Oh, well, yeah. they're, they're moody. And that's a natural thing. But then when does it cross over? Exactly. How do, how do parents know that there's a problem? How do the kids know that there's a problem? Because the kids will know at school faster than the parents will. Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, what, and we have a program called Ending the Silence that we'd like to get going in the school systems. And we'll be talking to the uh, new mental health coordinators about getting that into the school system. The End in the Silence program goes in and actually has a PowerPoint presentation to the students. Mm -hmm. We have another PowerPoint presentation for the parents. And then we have another PowerPoint presentation to the staff and administrators. What about the children whose parents have decided to keep them out due to the pandemic and they're doing, you know, homeschooling or virtual schooling? Um, and, and parents are listening right now or kids are listening right now saying, I, I want to see that. I need to see that. How, how can they, um, you know, get more on ending the silence? I'm glad you said that because we can actually go ahead and just set something up, a Zoom uh, presentation for all the homeschoolers or whoever wants to tune in. We can do that. Um, 
What we do need to do is get some more young people that will help us out because that is the area where we need. Because our presentations to the students themselves, well, all three of the presentations actually requires a young adult under the age of 32 who is stable and healthy but has gone through the system where they had problems and nobody recognized it, but they are now healthy. Um, and they can reflect back on it. And they're much closer to the kid's age, so they listen to their stories. Oh, yeah. And they're connected to them. Um, and it's mer- very real. The adult portion where we do the slideshow is educational mm-hmm. and, and and important for people to understand. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not the same connection as a young adult telling their story That's and right. connecting with those other young people in the audience. The facts that you shared with me prior to coming on, um, is it's startling. Uh, one in every five people in the U.S. and the world lived with a mental health condition, whether diagnosed or not. In Baldwin County, that's more than 40,000 people, and the other 160,000 are family or friends. Right. It's everywhere. And see, this is the, this is one of the stigma things that we've got to break. That's right. Um, I remember growing up, uh, you may not, Kelly, but I remember growing up, um, cancer was that way. You could not say the word cancer. It was the C word, mm-hmm. or you just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Somebody just got sick, and that was it. That was the end of the discussion. In the mental health community, we feel like we're on the cusp of that same curve with mental health issues where there's been a stigma and you didn't mention it, you didn't talk about it because of the stigma that would bring on the family or, the, or your loved one. Um, and there's also a self-stigma. Uh, nobody wants to have a mental health condition. Trust me, I have ADHD. I wish I didn't have it, but I have it. <laughs> yes. uh, now, that's not a serious mental illness, right. and a lot of people are dealing with ADD, ADHD syndrome, um, or the spectrum, I should say. But but can I just sure. interject, um, interject for a second? One of the things that I have been troubled about is um, – and I'm, I don't get political on the show, but a lot of times, you know, kids are being kids and a parent needs help. Let's say a single parent. They need help. They take the kid to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, they have ADHD and let me put them on these drugs. And that then, you know, interferes with their artistic ways and, and how they their creativity. And this kid has gone from, you know, bouncing off the walls to maybe the exact opposite. And, you know, some people are afraid to reach out for help because they don't want their kids to be have that imbalance that they don't understand and their child's not a guinea pig. And so it, I would think that it, it, it keeps them from wanting to ask for the resources and asking for the help because then this child is labeled and then it, it follows them through life. So how do we go about making this part of the conversation and it be healthy and it be understandable like, hey, we're, we're, we're all beautifully made and different? Right. Well, thank good. You know, the Internet is one of those negatives and positives, yes. right? Yes. Yes. So so the positive side of the Internet is that you can get on today and you can look up ADD, ADHD syndrome. You can educate yourself about it. Um, I'm a big proponent in complementary medicine and, and natural um, you know, medicine as much as you can. I am not an anti-medicine person by any means. Understand. But but my I, I believe there's a lot within our power that we can begin to understand, such as kids with ADD, ADHD have no business having caffeine. 
Period. Uh, amen. Period. Amen. Well, okay. I, I mean, I I feel that children without ADHD shouldn't be. I agree, but particularly with attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity. Right. So, so there's thing just common sense things. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I also am a firm believer in healthy foods. Yes. Okay. Um. You know. <laughs> I, I remember back in when they say back in the um, <laughs> back in the dark ages, back in the 30s and 40s, when people didn't have a whole lot, and they had collard greens, pot liquor, and cornbread, mm-hmm. um, and and they got outside, and they got outside, and they exercised yes. in the fresh air. Yes, and so and so there was a study done, and I, I wish I had the, the the citation, but there was a study done. I remember distinctly those households who had pot liquor. On their cornbread, uh-huh. ended up being healthier in the long run than those who did not just use their greens and and the cornbread. Uh-huh. Now, why is that? Because a lot of the vitamins and and the nutri- nutrients are cooked into the pot liquor. Pat, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be honest with you. I'm very city, and I'm from the north. I don't know what pot liquor is. Okay, well, pot <laughs> liquor is all that good stuff that the greens are cooked in. Oh, the juice, yes. the juice. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I was born and raised in North Alabama, and from the country, so a yeah. lot of people will know pot liquor, okay. but not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad you broke it down. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah, a yeah. whole lot of yeah. sense. You you also offer, and I love this because many times when people ask for help, they think that people are talking um, at them and not to them. You offer something very interesting called family to family education when it comes to courses. What are those? How long are they? And how can people get involved? Okay. Family to family is our sign, actually one of our signature programs. It's the, one of the foundations of NAMI. And that is because NAMI was originally organized by family members for family members. Okay. And it was, it's the only organization that I know of in the country that does that. What that um, course is, is eight weeks, two and a half hours a week. Uh, we're doing them by Zoom, and we will probably continue to do them by Zoom or, and or in person as a hybrid model because we can reach more people that way. Um, it's an education course that teaches about medications. It teaches about all kinds of different um, mental health disorders. Um, it teaches you self-care. Um, teaches you breathing techniques for yourself, how to take care of yourself because we get lost as parents, as loved ones, we get lost in our loved one's illness and we can't find ourselves. And we're grieving because of we've lost the person that we thought we had and thought had such a beautiful future. We don't know what the future brings for that person. We're in the middle of a crisis. You know, all kinds of things happen. And so um, we're there for, for other family members to say, we're, you're not alone. We're all in this together. And we're going to help each other out, and we're going to teach you the, the ropes, so to speak, of, of the mental health world, mm-hmm. the lingo, um, the medications, um, and, and, and help you learn those coping techniques. And so that's an eight-week course, um, and it's free. The materials are free. Um, and anybody is invited. NAMI Baldwin has those courses. NAMI Mobile has those courses. Any NAMI affiliate has those courses. When you do these Zoom calls, are they? Does each person get credentials so that this, this is not a wide open conversation? Yes. yes, our NAMI Alabama actually has the Zoom, the parent Zoom, okay. and they have. Um, um, there's no recordings. You, you you can't record it. They've stopped it at the you know at the source, so right. you can't they you can't record anything, and you actually can't even download a chat. So if you chat to each other, right. nobody can download that. Gotcha. So, because 
our privacy issues with family members is so sacred to us mm-hmm. um, that we and, and the other thing is if we we have take turns reading different materials so that it's not all on one person but um, we even tell people if you're not comfortable reading that's okay just pass you know it's it's very particular to the person involved mm-hmm. so each person comes to us as they are and they relate to us in those in that course as they are and as they feel comfortable. So there's no push to do anything that you're not comfortable doing. How often are those courses? In NAMI Baldwin, we give those courses uh, twice a year, once in the fall, usually from September through the beginning of November, eight weeks. And then in the spring, February, March, April, mm-hmm. somewhere about eight weeks in there. Um, and I think NAMI Mobile is about that, that way. Now, NAMI Mobile has a website. And anybody can go to their website. We are working on a website since we're rebuilding, mm-hmm. uh, but we will have a website shortly, uh, probably within the next few weeks or so. I'm hoping, um, and and all of that will be listed there. How? And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, but for right now, mm-hmm. they can go to nami.org, which is the national website, and all of our courses are listed there. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And I asked Pat before we got started, what if someone's in Mobile and they and they have a need and they call, you know, her number in Baldwin, what happens? And, and she assured me that you give all the resources that are necessary and then you help them to understand, you know, what's going on in your county and, and, and the resources that are in Mobile because you never want to turn anyone away. Right. As a matter of fact, we just had a gentleman call who lives in Mont- Montgomery. He was in Mobile needed help for his family member. His father had just been on a program with us a couple of weeks before. He gave him my phone number, so I looked up the person in Montgomery for him to get connected to in Montgomery. So we help connect people all over the state and all over the country, for that matter. I love that you say that your motto is is, uh, you are not alone. You are not alone. That's right. And that me- that's so meaningful right. because I think that really, and I always share this, that the pandemic has many negatives as far as deaths and people you know, falling ill and having long haulers, and that's the negative side. The positive side, I think, is that more people are becoming more in tune with themselves and knowing that it's okay to ask for help, right. no matter what you look like, where you're from, your family name, any of that, because right. you want to live your best life. Right. And if there are free resources, because I haven't heard you attach any price to this, if there are free resources, why would you not? Exactly. Exactly. Um, we do fundraising once a year because the resources obviously are not free. Ultimately, we have to pay for them as an organization. So we do fundraising uh, once a year. The NAMI Walks and NAMI Mobile right now has been sponsoring that every April. I believe it's the end of April. Um, but watch for it on their website. Okay. And and um, they do the fundraising um, in Mobile. And right now we are working with NAMI Mobile mm-hmm. it, to help do our fundraising. But at some point we will graduate and do <laughs> fundraising in, in Baldwin County. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you're doing a great job. You really, really are. No matter which county, you're, do, you're doing a great job. And, it, and it's desperately needed. Again, if you're just tuning in, um, you know, Pat is talking about um, NAMI Baldwin. And she's a leadership team member. And if you you want that phone number 251-279-0573 the email address is uh, nami baldwin at gmail.com wow so when you do your fundraising besides the programs we've already mentioned how else do those dollars um, help you know your chapter and do they stay local 
Okay. Um, NAMI Mobile actually has um, a fund that they use to help people who do not have medical re- uh, resources such as insurance or whatever for um, maybe medications, maybe a dental appointment that they need to you know, have, have their teeth taken care of, eye appointments, whatever incidentals may arise for mental health patients that don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. We do not have that yet in Baldwin again because we're just beginning to reorganize. Uh, I'd like to see that at some point in time because there are still, unfortunately, people who are not covered by medical insurance, mm-hmm. which again, um, I just have to I have to underscore the need for Medicaid Medicaid mm-hmm. in the state of Alabama mm-hmm. for the mental health community, um, particularly um, if, well, my loved one, it was in New Jersey when, mm-hmm. when they had a psychotic bipolar break. Within 30 days, I was able to get that person Medicaid coverage so that they could go go see a psychiatrist and have their medications Mm -hmm. i could if if they lived in alabama i could not do that so is that because you had a nami there that you were able to coordinate with no it's because the state law in new jersey is different than the state law in alabama and therefore the medicaid services under um, the affordable care act were accepted in New Jersey, and they are not in Alabama at this time. We're encouraging and lobbying heavily to the state of Alabama to um, become part of the federal Medicaid expansion so that more people can be covered and get the services that they need. You've mentioned legislation a few times throughout this conversation. What do you want our local people to know when it comes to being engaged as to what's happening? How can they keep up with, with, with um, you know, topics that are concerning to them? Well, that's, that's easier said than done because the state of Alabama – well, the state legislature in Alabama has a website with all their bills listed and so forth and so on. But it's very difficult for regular everyday people to keep up with that. It's, you know, I have a master's degree and taught school and all kinds of things and I can't keep up with it. You know, so it's it's just difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. What I would suggest is staying in touch with NAMI because we will tell you when we have a piece of legislation. I like that. <laughs> uh, and say, okay, guys, it's time to call your representative and lobby for this piece of legislation. <laughs> I love that. I, I love the fact that you can be our resource. I mean, it's like a smorgasbord. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's good stuff. Tell me, how did you get so, I mean, I know you've shared, you know, what your mental challenges that you've had to deal with, but family-wise, was this something that was hereditary, something that wasn't talked about much, um, but now everyone's comfortable? How did you How did you really throw yourself into this? Well, I grew up with an uncle who had now now that I'm older and understand mental health conditions mm-hmm. I understand now that he probably had bipolar in those days they didn't get diagnosed correctly um, and my mother kept telling me it was schizophrenia but um, my uncle who is now living uh, continues to be uh, 92 94 wow. I know um, um, he assured me that it was not schizophrenia and that it was probably bipolar even though it wasn't diagnosed correctly um, back then, and his and their uncle. So we believe it's hereditary in my father's side of the family, and most mental health conditions are hereditary. ADD, ADHD um, is one of the symptoms, believe it or not, of bipolar. Really? Yes. Hmm. And, and so I actually was diagnosed very early on 
um, with borderline bipolar, but I just kind of said, really? Because mm-hmm. I didn't have any other issues than ADHD. Mm-hmm. But however, I now now that I've learned more and am involved in it, I, I understand that there are more symptoms of, of bipolar that I actually have and didn't even realize. Because nobody educated me at that That's time. right. That's exactly right. They, nobody educated they me. They do the best they can, but sometimes they don't know. Well, it's not even just that. I think that the medical profession, as you well know, in general, has been more of a um, top-down approach. Your medical professional tells you what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't listen well a lot of times. However, you do find medical professionals who are real good listeners. Uh, But I have found they're few and far between, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so... um, they don't ask the questions. They don't dig. They don't find out the history enough. Um, and, and, and it's a very linear. You, they look down through symptoms, one, two, three, that mm-hmm. they see mm-hmm. without kind of digging into other things. Mm-hmm. And so we just we really believe that people need to have a good health care team and know that your health care team is listening to you and is digging for um, um Hereditary things is digging for anything uh, in your life that may be triggering you um, and helping you in a holistic way. That's right. That's that's what we're concerned about is this holistic approach because, no, nobody wants to have to take medication if they can help it. However, there are times when you have to take medication. That's right. That's it. That That's it. Bottom line. Absolutely. Two more things real fast because mm-hmm. we're wrapping up. Sure. Um, December 7th, what do we need to know? Okay, December 7th is our third and last um, education meeting um, that we have sponsored in Baldwin County. It will be um, covering the new mental health coordinators. Patrice Davis from the Baldwin County Board of Education will be there. She is the coordinator for Baldwin County um, and her counterpart from Alta Point. Okay, Um, they'll be there as well? Yeah, we'll be there as well. Makes sense. And And that's at 630 at 6.30 p.m. Uh-huh. in person at the Foley United Methodist Church okay. in Pine Street in Foley mm-hmm. or on Zoom. And our newsletter uh, will have the Zoom link or you can call the number and get the Zoom link sent to you directly, however and, you like to do it. And the last thing we're talking about, because we're talking about social media and getting the word out and Mobile is you know all set, but Baldwin County needs some help. For our young people, maybe our college students, um, high school students looking for extra hours, if you are, you know, you, if you're savvy when it comes to social media, you'd love for volunteers to reach out to you? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, when you say Mobile's all set, Mobile's all set because it's been here for 30, 35 years. However, we always need volunteers. That's right. People age out. Those of us that are older are getting older. We need young people all the time Lady, coming you're in. you're beautiful and, and you're ageless. I just want to go ahead and tell you that right now. Well, thank you, Kelly. But, <laughs> but I will tell you, we really do need that young blood. Understood. Uh, because because young people are not going to listen to us older people. Mm-hmm. It's older people who come in and, and we can talk with each other and understand each other. But the generations need to be able to speak to each other. That's right. And, 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 and they understand their language better. So we do need young people both in Mobile and Baldwin County okay. all the time. So all of our friends listening, our families, our parents, our grandparents, our schools, understand that this is an opportunity where everyone involved will be better because they're well-informed and they'll better understand their counterparts. And that's really what it's all about. You know, if you don't need the help, you know, 
man, are you blessed, but someone in your community may. And so these resources are available. And if you can help out, please do that number again, 251-279-0573, email address baldwin at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kelly. We appreciate it. Such a blessing indeed. And I and I hope that if any of you who are listening, if you use these resources, let us know how things are going. And, and if we can continue to connect you to people uh, just like Pat, we will continue to do just that. So what a blessing indeed. Thank you for tuning into this edition of the Community Roundtable. Keep it tuned to the Sound of Mobile Station. Coming up next is 251 Now with Kelly Finley. You've been listening to Community Roundtable, a production of .com Plus, 105.5 FM WNSP, 92.1 WZEW, 96.5 The Crab, and 92.5 The Soul. Tune in next Sunday at 7 a.m. for another edition of Community Roundtable on the Sound of Mobile.